this is drum kun welcome so this is a what i might term the part two of my review of the book covid 19 the great reset by klaus schwab and uh tim i can't remember his name the other writer um and i'm making headway in reading the book um I've had not to read it in a linear fashion, you know, chapter to chapter, topic to topic, but I've also, you know, just selected topics that I think uh under, you know, key in my, you know, like I'm sometimes I don't feel like reading some of the things that I feel like okay, I think uh, what is most urgent in this book because I'm trying to understand as I said to you the philosophy, the thinking be you know in 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 this uh, in this literature in this book which is of course the philosophy and the thinking behind the world economic forum it is the thinking behind a lot of uh, you know wealthy elites uh, and even governments some governments are on board on this particular thinking uh, in the past i've mentioned uh, you know Justin Trudeau talking about uh, you know build back better the Great Reset, I think Joe Biden talked about that. Uh, Arden, the Prime Minister in New Zealand, has been mentioning uh, those type of things. And, uh, you know, me as just a simple citizen, a father, you know, a, a lover, as a son to my parents, me as a, as a musician and artist, uh, I'm looking at this and thinking yeah there are things in the in the literature that obviously i i i, I you know I, I cannot disagree with the the you know the wish rather that people want to live in a world that is equal fair just in a world where you know they are systems of compassion in place to assist the marginalized the poor you know I, I i would like to live in a world where there's no racism just just one a good fine example to that you know uh, i want to live in a world where there's no uh, you know hatred i want to live in a world where there's no structural violence you know no structural racism like the kind of structural racism that exists in denmark here uh, and there are many good things by the way in denmark that uh, you know they do very well but structural racism and discrimination against non-western migrants in particular as people of color i think that is a concerning uh, thing because um, you know, and it's not the only country doing that. I mean, there are many countries, but I speak very vocally about this because I've experienced this. I've been to the courts in this country, through the whole legal system and everything. You know, I have a son who is, uh, you know, his mom is Danish and I'm coming from Africa. And of course, as a father, I'm greatly concerned that I don't want my kid to grow up in a world that is, uh, you know, in a country where he can be disadvantaged because 
uh, of the origins of his father, you know, I would think I wouldn't want my kid to live in a world like that, right? Now, coming back to the book COVID-19, The Great Reset, I think the authors, and you know, Klaus Schwab and his, uh, the co-author, uh, they do a fantastic job in, uh, you know, mapping out, I suppose, what you would call the things that are not working in the world. I mean, uh, he does it in a very structural, systematic format. I guess he's German, so... You know how the Germans are in their thinking. I mean, he was an engineer, so he's he's. You can tell this is a book written not by a <laughs> someone with a you know with a literary expression, you know, background, but someone who is a meticulous, strategic sort of uh, thinking. You know. Um, so anyway, my what I would like to share today. As I'm still reading this uh, book, and I told you I'm not going to do it in, in a linear fashion. I'm just going into topics that I feel like uh, this is what I want to read this aspect today. You know, I'm not going to read it page by page. You know, so there are uh, certain quotations I would like to quote from this book. Now, the key of the industrial re revolution, I suppose, or the aim is, I suppose, and I'm quoting here uh, in the book, says, uh, replacing failed ideas, institutions, processes, and rules with new ones better suited to current and future needs. This is the essence of the Great Reset. So I'm talking about the, 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 the essence of the Great Reset, you know, of which they're saying that COVID-19 is now a grand uh, window of opportunity for them to implement the Great Reset. Now, what is the essence of the Great Reset? And this, I think you should take home this uh, particular message, uh, is that they want to replace uh, failed ideas. Uh, now, you can say, which failed ideas have failed? Um, you know, that can be a very subjective thing, but I think some of the most obvious uh, ones is that capitalism in its current form has uh, failed. There's no... It, has cr it, it did not create that so-called trickle-down economics and so on. You know, that was a mythology. It has created a world where there is a minority of wealthy people and wealthy corporations wealthy nations and the majority of people living on you know even less than a dollar a day that's the majority of the people on the planet earth and then you have these super uh, you know consumers and and you have to be honest you know you look at nigeria you know they killed a writer called uh, ken sarawiwa uh, i think i can't remember if it was in the 80s or 90s but Sarawiwa was complaining that this, uh, I think it's BB Shell, I speak on a correction here, but I, I think it's BB Shell, the corporation, the oil corporation, was, you know, literally uh, poisoning their fields, poisoning their water, their water sources, you know, in Ogoni land in Nigeria, 
and cancer review I was protesting back in the day when it was unpopular to do so. But the corporation, BBC, I, I speak on a correction, together with the dictatorship in Nigeria at that time, uh, they killed Kensar Wiwa. You know, he was killed. I believe they killed him in custody. You know, he was assassinated. Let's just put it this way. I, uh, they just to silence him, you know. But they were busy polluting the n natural environment in Nigeria because of the pursuit for oil. Now, that's one example I'm, I'm giving you of capitalism. Uh, you can go to many parts of, of Africa. It's an example. Af in fact, I think Africa has suffered the most uh, environmental degradation and harm, not just harm to the environment, you know, the lives, the, the animals, you know, like all this overhunting that these Western uh, colonizers were doing when they came into Africa. I mean, they were hunting game as if, you know, it was uh, some kind of open season or whatever, you know, with no... You know, it was just for fun. They would, you know, this whole trophy hunting thing. I I find it very uh, strange. It's not like they need to eat the meat. You know, you can understand like when the bushmen are hunting, they need to go and find some meal, and then they're not gonna. They will f hunt today. Maybe they will hunt, you know, once a month or several, you know, a few times just to get enough for their needs, not for sport. You know, this idea of hunting for sport for trophy and stuff like that. I find it uh, insanely wasteful that somebody wants to hunt so they can take a picture and post it on Facebook or on Instagram or whatever or in their house as a trophy, you know, instead of as a necessity. So I'm just giving some examples. I mean, there are examples where certain regions in Africa, because the people don't have a strong political voice because usually they are tyrannical regimes, that are pocketing, you know, probably getting paid kickbacks and under the table money by all these corporations. I mean, how else do these corporations manage to do business in Africa except that they have these dictators in their pockets? They exploit, you know, when they are doing some of these mining things. I mean, I I in South Africa, I'll give you an example. A few years ago, the miners in Marikana were complaining about poor working conditions. They were complaining about you know, small pay and taking on this huge risk of spending, you know, long hours under deep underground, you know, some of the deepest mines in the world, uh, mining gold for these corporations, you know, the gold ends up in the city of London in England and other wealthy countries in the world, you know, Switzerland, who knows all the money, where it ends up. But these miners were not getting paid their fair share and they were protesting. And so these corporations, I don't know how, th you know, if and how they connived, but obviously they had to, they are complicit in this because they saw the South African government deploying, you know, the, the, the armed police to those people. It was a labor movement and they shot them in broad daylight and massacred them in front of uh, cameras and everything in broad daylight, you know. So obviously we know that such an action could not have happened without the the corporation being complicit. It means that the corporation was complicit in some ways because a corporation could have sorted out the labor issue without the need to bring in an armed uh, police to shoot these people who are demanding a fair wage. So why am I talking about Marikana? 
Why am I talking about this hunting, this killing of animals? Why am I talking about this uh, poverty, the killing of cancer? We were, you know, these are just small examples I'm giving. I'm talking about that because it, it, in each one of those cases, there is a problem of a rogue capitalism that is in business with some rogue regime. And this situation is going on and on and on. It's been going on to a point where uh, the final example I'll just give you is the British South African Corporation was a corporation founded by a royal charter from England by Queen, uh, I think it was Queen Victoria, if I'm not mistaken. And they went on to literally conquer a country, Southern Africa, Zimbabwe, you know, for the sole benefit of shareholders in the city of London. I mean, I've got uh, some of the original documents and paperwork, you know, which I've collected here in Europe because I'm an antiquarian. So part of what I do is I collect very rare historical documents that this history rarely gets taught in school. But when you read these treaties and these documents, you know, I have financial statements of that corporation, the British South African Corporation, which was founded by Cecil Rhodes. <laughs> um, and you find out that the way this whole system was set up was immediately that charter was given, it automatically uh, enslaved, you know, our people, my people over, over in Zimbabwe, you know, in Africa, they became slaves of the British colonial system. And they were to be taxpayers and cheap labor to work in the mine. They were to be mine boys. The the entire you know when you read those papers, they did not envision seeing African people in managerial jobs or improving their livelihoods or whatever. No, no, no. They were to be exploited along with their resources. You know, to be displaced for mines and speculators and all these things. You know, so when you read those documents, you suddenly realize how rotten the roots of all this capitalism has been. Now, coming back to COVID-19, the Great Reset, the philosophy of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, they are saying that the essence of the Great Reset is to do what? It's to replace failed ideas. Now, I just mentioned capitalism as a failed idea. And they're trying to make a reformation of uh, capitalism. But their premise... This is something I just don't uh, quite understand yet. But their greatest fear is that climate change will be a much more bigger disaster for the world, right? Uh, and therefore, they're trying to reform capitalism, not because it has killed many Africans or killed many Indian people, many people in many different parts of the world, even in, in even here in Europe, some people have been victims of the greed of capitalism. No, 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 the the main reason is because they want to save the environment, uh, you know, and they want to stop climate change, and so they want a system that, you know, is pro climate change. So for me, it's like, so you, so capitalism, they have to wait all these years for this so-called climate crisis to arise. And that gives a much more bigger reason to want to dismantle the current system and replace it with a better one. But when cancer reviewer was getting slaughtered in Nigeria, 
when our people were getting colonized in Africa, you know, when the, those people were being shotted in Marikana, those protesters who were protesting for better wages in South Africa just a few years ago, those people, their deaths in the blood of those people that was spilled was not worth, uh, you know, making a reformation on capitalism. The blood of, how, think about how many African people lost their lives directly and indirectly as a result of uh, capitalism and its structural racism. Because you have to remember, structural racism aided their capitalism and the entire structural infrastructure in Africa that impoverished and, and put the people of Africa at a great disadvantage. Um, obviously, you, you know, I, I'm looking at this, forgive me, but through the lens of a person of African descent, and you cannot blame me for doing that. Now, I'm just saying to save the climate, that is a f more grand reason for wanting to reset. Of course, they say to create a more better and equitable world and so on. But the more I look at this agenda, as I said, I'm still developing my opinions and I'm sharing them as I'm developing them. But the more I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, okay, how many African people are sitting on that uh, table? Be why am I saying this? On that table of the so-called Great Reset Agenda. Post-World War II, they, there were several initiatives that were done here in Europe in which there were no black people sitting on the table. And uh, where they talked about the Bretton Woods, the Bretton Woods institutions where they set up this IMF World Bank, you know, where the American dollar became the de facto backup currency of the world, where were black people on that table? They were not to be found. These were agendas that were largely, you know, instituted by Western people, uh, white people, uh, for the benefit of white people. And what's to say, what has changed, you know, that I can trust, you know, uh, that this new idea, this great reset will not in, uh, endanger the lives of uh, African people. Because we already know that Africa is lagging behind in technological advancements and all this AI and all these things. Why is it lagging behind? because they made sure that Africa was lagging behind, you know, when they colonized Africa, you know, when they were exploiting Africa with all their corporations and, and all those things. And, uh, you know, <laughs> they don't even pay their fair share of taxes in, in, in Africa, you know. They transfer their gains and everything to rich Western countries and, y you know, the benefit of all their exploitation and so-called exploration in Africa doesn't wind up benefiting the people of African descent but very wealthy elite countries and el wealthy shareholders so when when the Great Reset is talking about a stakeholder capitalism uh, Africans genuinely going to be <laughs> stakeholders in that system you know I don't see even when I look at the whole entire Davos uh, system you know, if you if I go on the World Economic Forum, you know, and I'm not criticizing for the sake of being a critic, I'm simply saying I'm asking questions, and I I, I think my questions deserve uh, answers, and I welcome anyone to send me an answer from the World Economic Forum because, yes, I, you know, 
I, I, I'm, I'm also interested in a, a better world, a better system uh, for all people, you know, especially our people in Africa. Everybody knows the structural issues we have had to deal with and we're still contenting with. Um, so I'm simply saying I don't see enough African people on those platforms. You know, the only Af people of Af African descent that I see at the World Economic Forum is uh, Will I Am, so this this musician, African American musician. I've seen maybe the head of state of South Africa there. Uh, a few other heads of states have gone there, but you know, it's not in. It's just like what what would window dressing Africans. You know, I I don't really see how they really have an influence within that organization to put their ideas on the table. You know, or whether or not the private citizens of Africa have been consulted about these ideas, or they are just being expected to follow suit. So I see a, a possible scenario like what happened post-World War II, Bretton Woods, you know, where Africa is going to be left behind um, in, in their philosophy and then will become a victim, you know, of this. I mean, let's be honest, Africa doesn't is not guilty of emitting all these so-called uh, fossil fuels and whatnot. You know, the great polluters and environmental degradators who have degraded the environment are in, in mostly here in Europe, maybe the Chinese, the Asians, the rich economies. They are the ones who have wasted the environment. Now they want to set up a system in place that might prevent uh, African people uh, from, you know, you know they, they also have aspirations. The youth of Africa, they, they <laughs> you know, they want to live in, in a house. They, they want to to drive a car they want to get a job right they want to do all these things that the western world has been doing and maybe because of this new system that is coming you know that might become a very complicated uh, thing so as i said that the agenda here is replacing the essence of the great re reset replacing failed ideas institutions processes rules with new ones better suited to current and future needs uh, this is the essence of the great reset close quote so whose current and future needs are they talking about is it really inclusive does it really i mean how many is i have uh, question how many people of african descent are part of and parcel of that process at the world economic forum not counting will i am and I've seen Ramaphosa there and a few other handful of African leaders. We cannot even count the heads of state. We don't need to count them. If we remove the heads of state, we are left with Will I Am. Which other African? I don't know which other African, because that's why it's very difficult. But if you ask me to name uh, Western people, I could name many names who are involved in this agenda, but I don't see how African people are being included in this thing. So this is my current state of 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 mind and uh to to this um and in the next uh, podcast I will cover again another aspect of the great reset this fantastic book by Klaus Schwab and the other writer um to see where I will be maybe I would have changed my mind 
maybe I would have uh, developed even further my own, you know, because as the more I read it, the more I'm, I have to respond, right? Uh, I cannot just say, ah, okay, I have to be critical. I'm a critical thinking person. So in as much as the, the, the ideology says they want to create a fairer world, I would like to see a fairer world yesterday. They want to create, you know, an inclusive world. I'd like to see an inclusive world yesterday, but maybe my definition of fair and inclusive is not their definition. So these are some of the things I intend to look at. And my question to the World Economic Forum, to Mr. Klaus Schwab, his fellow writer, and the proponents of the Great Reset, uh, is what role is, is, is Africa playing in this? You know, uh, <laughs> because we have seen certain ideas being instituted that have ruined the lives of many Africans. So I don't know and I cannot see. You have to show me so I can see like, oh, there, here's Africa playing a role here and here and here because I cannot see it. This is Drumquin. Thank you for listening. See you in the next episode.